What's going on, guys? This is Joe Tallarico, and you're listening to the AHA Moment Podcast, where we dive deep into closing that mind action gap of idea to execution and all the little knit and grit that's in between. On today's episode, we have Juan Osuna, a physique competitor trying to get his pro card this year. In this episode, we'll get into his very, very committed and dedicated work ethic into getting him ready for these upcoming shows, as well as how he found his coach and mentor who emulates the same core values that he has instilled in himself and hopes to even when he's reached his level of success. Guys, I am here today with none other than Juan Osuna. Did I get that right? Yeah, yeah. None other though. Or JC, JC, whatever. Whatever he prefers. I love it. Um, start off by telling a little bit about yourself, who you are, what it is you're trying to do. Um, pretty simple, man. I'm I'm 29 years old. Um, right now, I'm an amateur MPC physique, men's physique competitor. Um, I actually started training to uh, compete last year, March. I uh, did my first show September 3rd, uh, which was a 26-week prep, which is quite long for for a first prep and then uh from there i did a november 12th and i'm going on my third show and hoping that this year i already qualified for the usa's which is a national show but hoping that this one we roll into we win and you know and, and we we go for a pro card uh you know july 28th 29th awesome awesome so we're gonna jump right into it um when i interview people Everyone I choose, you know, they're all chasing it is what they're after. And I like to kind of see a little bit of the past, present, future, kind of see what rounds them out as a person. And starting off, you know, when it comes to childhood and stuff, or even right now, what flaw or vulnerability trait developed in your childhood that's something you might still work on to this day that plays a role in who you are? Wow. Yeah, coming on strong. Dang, that's that's a deep one. So, um, man, I, I gotta do some soul searching on that one. Huh? <laughs> we, get, we get deep here. Absolutely. Um, hmm. That's a stumper, bro. That is a stumper. Yeah. If you got nothing, that's cool too. No, no, I got Sometimes something. It's, it's just, just one of those where you actually have made, you're making me reach into my memory. Okay, banks, okay. You know, which is, I just got to reach a little deeper and we'll be able to answer that one for you. Yeah. Uh, but can you do me a favor? Can you, Ask me that question one more time sure, so I sure. can have it clear. Yeah. So what what's a trait that developed in your childhood? So usually there's something that we're either seeking after that people never acknowledged us for or just an insecurity or just a trait in general that we lacked that kind of ends up being what we end up searching for ultimately as we grow up. So like what's the one trait that like – so for me, for instance – um, I'm always following other people's expectations. Like I never, for me, it's the very simple matter of like not being good enough or confidence is a big thing for me mm-hmm. because having an older brother and just the environment I was in, it was very easy to like hide behind the sidelines and let other people kind of speak up and make decisions for me. So gotcha. Gotcha. Sorry. Uh, the low carb diet is, uh, is, is definitely good. For me. <laughs> um, to be quite honest, man, growing up, I always wanted to be, you know, a a great athlete. You know, I always wanted to be above average. Um, but for some reason, it, it didn't come as easy for me. Uh, you know, and I had a, I had a pretty good friend, uh, which was 
you know, you have those friends that are just genetically just just gifted and whatever they they do that they they excel at. You know, they're they're the fastest guy. They they jump higher. They're the strongest. For some reason, the coaches love them. And the funny thing is, I actually my best friend was that guy. Um, so from a young age, I always he forced me. I guess you can say to level up. <laughs> You know, um, I can owe a lot of my work ethic to that that gentleman because things that came to him really, really easy that were just second nature for him. I had to bust my ass at, <laughs> you know, so, I mean, I, and I could give you an example. Like we would he would literally take the entire summer off from the weight room and I'm training three months and he comes in and he's lifting the weight room. <laughs> Yeah, I know how that goes. I had a friend like that would catch up. I put go get a year ahead of him, and he would catch up in like a month. Absolutely, which is ridiculous. Which, yeah, it could be discouraging to a lot of people, but to me, it was it was some it was a bar that was set that I need to meet, and it it, it it's somewhat I wouldn't say somewhat. It actually did instill some work ethic in me. That, and then uh, I also have an uncle that is a paraplegic. Um, and he's actually one of the, the guys that he's the first person that actually got me into weightlifting at the age of 13. Um, I used to go to the gym with him and watch him train, you know, just transferring from his chair to, you know, machines or the bench or whatever it is. That's a that's a workout in its own. So the, the mindset, you know, he worked harder than, than able bodies, harder than some able body people. So seeing that there, there is no like, like, how can I complain if he's not complaining? You know, and, and watching him and his confidence, uh, he has more confidence than, than most guys do. And, you know, he's paralyzed from the middle, middle of the chest down. Um, so that that's where I got a, some of that mentality that my uncle and, and obviously having a friend that was just touched by God genetically. <laughs> okay, okay. And was there like a big lesson growing up that kind of um, shaped who you are today as well? Like was there going off of that trait or those two people, was there a big lesson you learned growing up for them? I guess you kind of alluded to it with um, your uncle that if he can do it, why can't I, or I should be able to do it if he's able to do it. Absolutely. And, and the crazy thing about the two of them is, is their mentality. Their mindset was always, <laughs> it was, they had very, very strong mindsets. Even, even my friend that was genetically gifted and was great at everything. He never complained you know, I, he, he did work. I mean, when he did work, he worked hard, you know, he just didn't have to do it as often as, as, you know, the average person did, uh, that and, you know, watching my uncle as well. I mean, he, I mean that, that in its own is, is a lesson, you know, a lot of people complain about things they shouldn't be complaining about, you know, and then this is a guy that something that we do on a daily basis, just get up and be able to walk out of bed. Yeah. He can't do I think that plays in a, a lot into what we were talking about before we started recording was we see a lot of people in the gym and we'll probably get into this a little bit later. How many people are like on the treadmill, barely sweating, barely putting the effort in or bragging about doing 10, 20 minutes on something when the rest of us are grinding hard or making excuses. Everyone th thinks of any kind of justification for their situation. Absolutely. A hundred percent. Yeah. You can say that definitely is, it plays a big part in how I attack not only my workouts, but definitely the conditioning uh, when it comes to getting ready for these shows. 
part. That's huge, especially uh, <clears throat> as you get through these last three weeks. He's got a show coming up May 27th. Trying to take it all right there. Yeah, yeah. It's uh, Today's Friday, so as of tomorrow, it would be two weeks away from the show. Two weeks, damn. Yeah, it becomes those, mental. For those that don't know, in the bodybuilding physique world, two weeks, I mean, your whole dieting process, usually dieting is what, 20, uh, uh, like three months or 12 weeks. 12, 12 weeks. weeks, and it, it really just depends on how lean uh, and how you maintained in the off season. You know, I actually... This time around, I, I put on some size, so I wasn't as lean as I normally would be. Um, so I definitely did need the full 12 weeks. But, you know, rolling into the Nationals, I'll definitely, uh, you know, I'll, I'll be about eight weeks. That's all I really need. Okay. Yeah, and it's a grueling process these guys go through. They diet hard, and they're pushing their bodies to the limits in these 12 weeks. And coming up on these two weeks now, He's basically got one more week left before it's what's called peak week where <laughs> everything is super dialed in. Things are re super restricted. It's just uh, you don't want to mess with anyone who's one week out. Let's put it that way. It's it's they're in the zone. Yeah, because not now not only are you depleted with calories, you're now depleting yourself with water. <laughs> you know, you go from averaging a gallon and a half, two gallons a day to now you're dropping it to a gallon, a half a gallon a quarter gallon and then some days like you know there'll be a day where i i might go with sips that Damn. in my personal opinion is is the toughest part of of competing oh for hands sure, down for sure and that's kind of why probably should have started with that more but <laughs> that's kind of why i ask these kind of questions because i try to see like you can already you're already starting to get a picture it's it takes a certain kind of mind to be able to endure this type of uh challenges along the way so that's why i like to see you know what gets someone to enter this realm to begin with and he was talking about his uncle and his friend showing you the hard work and teaching him that hard work ethic which is huge a lot of competitors i talk to they all have that hard work ethic no excuses got to get regimented got to get a system going so it's it's cool to see what that stems from um when you think about the person you want to be so it could be in the future right now you might already be that person um, what behaviors help shape you trying to be that person? So for instance, for me, let's say, since confidence was my big issue, when I, let's say I've achieved my goals, I picture being a lot more confident, maybe really sociable. You picture a certain kind of person when you achieve that final level of success. When you have whatever it is that you consider that level of success, what, how does that affect how you act now? Uh, I just, I mean, obviously when I do achieve that, I just want to stay humble. I want to stay grounded. At the end of the day, um, I don't want to forget not necessarily where I come from, but what it took to get where I was at. Um, so in other words, I, you know, I want to make sure I, I maintain the same mentality, the same approach, the same hunger, um, that and, and treat people correctly. Uh, I know you know, the, the first show was definitely difficult because I was going through some things that I've never experienced before. So it was really, I was very irritable. I was very, uh, I guess you can say I wasn't a pleasant person to be around. But as I got used to it, second show, this show going around, I understand that it's a choice to have a good attitude. <laughs> it really is. Uh, and treat people with respect and be kind to them. I want to make sure no matter what level I'm at, no matter what stature, I, you know, I, if I'm making, if I'm at the top, let's say I'm 
I've become the Mr. Olympia men's physique, or if I decide to go classic physique, whatever, Mr. Olympia, I, I'm still humble and I'm still respectful to everybody and anyone. That's huge. That's a good, definitely a good mindset to have. That'll keep driving that hard work. Um, when you think of setting your goals, what is the thought process when you set them? So when you're mapping out an off season where you need to be, how do you go about framing your year out? Well, again, it just depends on what we're looking to do. Um, you know, I, for starters, setting the goal. So if, for instance, if I need to put on some size or if I need to build my shoulders or if I have to build certain body parts, uh, you know, I definitely, number one, I, you got to eat different, you know, um, there is no off season. Uh, you know, we just say that it's just, it's a different approach. So, um, I guess, uh, I guess you can say, just make sure whatever the goal is, uh, attack it the way that it needs to be attacked, uh, in season. Uh, it's a different way of looking at it cause you're definitely shredding down and, and, and it's more conditioning than it is putting on size. For sure, for sure. And then within this uh, bodybuilding industry, is there something for someone listening who's trying to enter it that they don't teach you about the industry that you learned either the hard way or you learned throughout the process that you never expected when you first entered this? Just be ready mentally because um, it really gets down to – once you get to about four weeks, it's it's more mental. It's all mental. You know, it's no longer physical because, you know, you're going to wake up and there's going to be times where you don't feel like getting up, but you have to because a day lost, a day is like a week when yeah. it comes down to that. That and uh, I also uh, recommend definitely getting a mentor, getting someone that could guide you, a coach, uh, someone that you trust, somebody that, you know, you obviously ha is reputable um, and then just have blind faith and follow their lead until uh, eventually you'll you'll understand and you'll have the knowledge where you can do it yourself. But everybody needs to learn how to follow before they can lead. Oh, for sure. For sure. And I like that you brought up having a coach because I think a lot of people when they're starting out on, it, on any journey, they kind of struggle with that choice of do I need someone to help guide me? Do I need that mentor? Do I not? Maybe I can figure it out on my own. What were the big, what's the biggest benefits of you having a mentor versus if you were doing this all on your own? Oh my God. Um, I wouldn't even know what to, what to do. Uh, when I first started, I had no idea, you know, I was eating chicken and oatmeal, dude. Like, <laughs> you know, that was my diet, chicken, oatmeal. I was doing 10 minutes of cardio. Like I, I, I remembered how my body used to respond when I was 20, 21. I'm 29 years old now. It, it doesn't, it doesn't respond to the same things as is I could have ate a pizza in 2021 and still been shredded. Um, so having that individual that has knowledge to guide you into something that you have no experience in and they do, uh, you know, obviously my, my coach in particular has 25 years of experience, not only in nutrition, but actually coaching people when it comes to obtaining their, their goal body. Um, but yeah, I, I, I highly suggest if you have no experience, do not do it yourself. Um, definitely get a coach. Uh, I mean, if you don't have the means, the funds for a coach, get a mentor, you know, and do research, save up. <laughs> you know, maybe the timing's not right to, to compete because 
if you really want to compete, which that's what it is, you, you're a competitor, you want to get a coach for sure. I completely 100% agree. And the reason I bring that up is I love what you said about how they help guide you. They, how you'd be lost without them. One of the best pieces of advice I ever got, uh, I was a strength and conditioning coach. And one of my co-interns asked the, one of the head coaches, you know, a lot of people are telling me I need to get my master's degree. If I want to be a strength coach, you know, what do you suggest? And he said the same exact thing. He said, hey, if you have the money to do master's degree, go for it. I'm sure at some point you'll need it. But what's better than a master's degree is finding someone who's kind of blazing a trail in your field, or in this case, a coach who's respectable in the field. Absolutely. And just asking to be taken under their wing and learning everything you can because the advice and the amount of knowledge you get from even just one year of being with a coach or a mentor, whatever field you're in, it'll be way more than what you learn in school because that's, that's the in the field tested, the stuff they don't teach you in the books that you only learn from experience. I've learned in this, because I've been working with my coach for a year and a half and luckily, you know, I'm before my first prep, before I got moody and irritable and all that, I I was, you know, I, I, I like to stay humble and I definitely like to conversate and treat people with respect. And he, he liked that. And he obviously saw my work ethic. So that allowed me to, to attract uh, an individual like my coach um but yeah it's the knowledge that I, I've gone from him in the last year year and a half people pay thousands hundreds of thousands to get that type of knowledge and how did you find your coach initially uh it's very simple I I um I met him at the gym <laughs> plain and simple and and passed by him a few times and I saw you know he is a, he is a phenomenal physique he's a 48 year old man that has a physique that freaking 22 year old 23 year olds would love to have um, carries himself he's a very humble man very knowledgeable when he speaks you can tell that you know that he, he's he knows what he's talking about um, very and that, that kind of ties back into uh, when I was asking you about the type of person you want to become, how would, how would you want to be? Yeah. That ties in right there. If you guys don't already notice a pattern here, the type of person that Juan wants to become is someone who stays humble, even at the highest success. Absolutely. And what better way to make sure you instill that your end goal and keeping true to your values than finding a mentor. Again, this is the importance of having a mentor who mimics your values and is doing what you're doing. And here he found a coach who's doing the same thing. He stays humble. You know, I'm sure he's got every reason to be cocky and Absolutely. throw himself around and say, "This I deserve everything, but no, he stays humble, Absolutely. keeps it realistic. He's an extremely confident man, but again, cocky and confidence. Very different. Very, very different. Obviously, to, uh, uh, to some individuals, they don't see the difference, but uh, those are the individuals that, that don't have a very good outlook, I guess you could say. Yeah. Now, before you got into working out and stuff, what was job-wise, career-wise, what were you what were you doing before you got into <laughs> lifting and pursuing this? Um, very funny that you say that is because I'm 29 now. Uh, so at the age, I actually played football. Uh, played until I was 22. Um, so training and developing my body and all that has been a part of my life, most of my life. I've been... Before 22, I was working out since I was 13. But at the age of 22, I definitely, you know, I started working, um, started pursuing a career. I was actually, uh, I started doing sales and marketing, things of that nature, and worked my way up very quickly to a position where I was actually overseeing uh, a certain amount of uh, stores. Our client was Home Depot. 
Um, I was overseeing 25 stores, um, managing guys, hiring, training, doing the HR, all from top to bottom, pretty much running the, a business. I was doing that for about three and a half years. I was really, really focused on the financial side. Um, so I lost sight of really what made me happy, which was taking care of my body and developing my body. Um, I actually got very, very unhappy during that process. So, simply the fact because I was neglecting what, what my passion was. Um, I stopped working there, man, 2000, what is it, 2017 right now? Yeah. About 2014. Uh, from there, I, I got back in the gym, started training. Definitely wasn't the same because it was a three and a half year layoff. Uh, it took a while for me to mentally get back into it because you can only imagine, you know, being able to lift a certain amount of weight and then you go back and you can't even lift 15% of that. Yeah, definitely not a confidence booster. It's there, definitely, right? <laughs> it, it took, it, it took some time <laughs> to like, just get my psyche back in the gym. Uh, that took about a year, um, <laughs> like no doubt on that. But it definitely made me happy. Uh, I saw progress. Again, it goes back to the work ethic side, I, and, and definitely having consistency and and not giving up. Um, because after day one or even week one, yeah, based off of what <laughs> I was doing, I sh probably should have. <laughs> but uh, it, it made me more hungry, and, and it made me want more. And you know, my goal at that point was just to get back to where I was at. Uh, didn't really get back to that until I met my trainer and my coach, uh, where I was able to learn how to eat, <laughs> you know, learn how to train. Um, I already had a good idea of how to train, but he, he just took it to another level. Um, and now, I mean, obviously being on stage there, that's the best shape you can ever be in. Um, but it, it took, I mean, from 2000, mid 2014, all the way to 2017. So I've been training consistently uh for the last three two and a half three years so it didn't it didn't happen overnight you know i didn't just just you know oh, i'm gonna i'm gonna do a show you know this year like it, i got so bad it was to a point where i i would take my shirt off and i didn't have like the the separation of bicep tricep shoulder like it was just an arm <laughs> yeah it was it was bad so, yeah, so you're that, really starting from scratch literally scratch yeah like my body my, my playing football I, I was i played at 220 and probably my body fat was maybe 10 to 12 percent which is relatively lean for that yeah, size that's pretty good yeah and, and that's still you know you have muscle definition at that in 2014 when i took off that that time i was probably 195 and my body fat was probably in the high 20s oh wow yeah so that's a complete 180 yeah not only body fat shot up but lost weight um, you lost a lot of muscle in particular so so and, and you know I'm, I'm actually thankful for that time frame because it, it helped me realize what I wanted to do yeah let's uh let's get into that a little bit being a lot of people once they hit that kind of dark patch of being unhappy some I hate to admit it they get lost in that like they get sucked into that and they never come out so how did you like what was your support system like what was how did you find the strength to get out of that if you're feeling like if you go from 210, what was it, 210, 220 at 10 to 12% body fat, now you're 220, yeah. Then you were 195, body fat shot up, you're unhappy, you're depressed. 
how did you know how does that it wasn't that i was necessarily depressed once i stopped working and when i realized and i sat down what i want to do and realized that i'm a long long ways away from it it was it it was depressing you know i was afterwards i was depressed for about six months Uh, and it got to a point where i would like binge eat uh you know i would <laughs> I would go from having a couple chips to a whole bag of chips type of stuff. Oh, we all know that feeling. I could take out a bag of chips really easily. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah I can too. Trust me, I definitely <laughs> can too. Um, but it, my support system at the time, you know, I, luckily I had a girlfriend that was. It, it was challenging for us, but she definitely stood by my side during that that six months, uh, where I was depressed um it definitely didn't help that she's a foodie herself so she (laughs) she kind of supplied a lot of the food for me yeah um but getting out of it i mean she helped but also getting back in the gym getting getting back in the gym and then meeting people like my coach um having a a positive people around me you know eliminate the negative the the negative energy and that that in in its own will will help you uh stay on track um but yeah i mean honestly man girl the girlfriend helped a lot uh and then my trainer just helped me believe that it's possible because before him i wanted to i just didn't know how to especially if you're in that slump you're kind of lost a little bit you need that guidance so that's awesome that you had a support system from both your girlfriend and your coach absolutely that's you know support system is huge we are social creatures we need no matter how isolated someone may claim they like to be we need to be around people to thrive 100 100 i mean it's good to have your own personal space but when it comes to achieving a goal you know you're, you're there's more power in two than there is one. Oh, for sure you for know sure. it's that's, I like to see that even with my girlfriend. It's we balance each other out, right? It's I know the stuff I'm get good at. She knows the stuff she's good at. When I'm slacking in the areas I'm not so good at, she's the one that kicks my butt. Well, that's, that's, that's I'm sure. That's usually how it works. Yeah. yeah, women are really good at things that men aren't. Yeah, yeah. so <laughs> they're around us and they hate us for it. Yeah, they hate us for it. Oh, for sure. Speaking of the hard things, what are? How do you move forward on days that? most people can't what are the like the days where let's <laughs> take you know how you are right now you know there's days he does fat he, so basically he separates two sessions a day at the gym right now he's got to wake up and do the fasted morning cardio and then he comes back later in the day to get his lift in and even more cardio so we i'm sure we can all assume that not every day he likes waking up at 5 a.m having to go do 65 minutes of cardio so how do you how do you create a mindset it's just understanding what it's going to do for your body, uh, first and foremost. Fasted cardio is your body changes day to day. And seeing those results, seeing the changes, it's a motivator, absolutely. Knowing that if you don't do it, you don't get those changes, they're definitely going to help you as well. But it's also, honestly, it's just having a mindset of do you, do you want to win? <laughs> Plain and simple and, and doing the things that put you in a position to win. I like to say make excuses to win, not don't make excuses to lose. So whatever excuses I can to win. So like if I have ideal time and I have energy, why not go to the gym and and do some more cardio? Exactly. Utilize that energy that you have. So 
like I said, when I separate it, I always make sure to, to get everything done in that window where I have the most energy. Um, some people don't have that luxury schedule wise. In that point, you just have to make it work and just understand that it's not going to be for a year, <laughs> you know, not even six months. It's going to be for a few weeks. And it's in service of your bigger goal, right? So it goes back Absolutely. to what you were saying. What's the bigger picture here? I'm, we're, it's natural to think that you're not going to have a day you feel lazy or not want to make excuses. That's unrealistic. You're always going to have a day where you're like, screw this, man. I'd, I'd oh, rather just sit and eat that bag of chips. Like That's what I want to be doing. But it, <laughs> it comes back to knowing what's the overall goal here. Why am I doing this? That's when you got to have that like self-check again. Like, what is this all for? Is this keeping with my values? Is this who I want to be? And if that's the case. Absolutely. So, and in some, for some people, it's not as important as important as it is to others if it's very important to you don't make excuses just do just regardless how you feel work on self-affirmations self-talk talk yourself into doing it plain and simple um you know there's i'm not gonna lie there's there's some mornings where i wake up and you know i I, i'm on the side of the bed for like five minutes (laughs) you know just getting myself mentally ready um, and then there's some days where I pop up and I'm excited, you know, you're going to have both. Um, I like that you say that cause that brings a very real aspect to this. People think anyone who's doing well, just kind of cruises through life and every day, even on those slow days, they wake up and go, Nope, I got to do this. I'm going to go do it. It's not always that easy. No. You were just saying it yourself. Like there's days where you need five minutes. You're going to have a real moment where it's like, <sighs> I really don't want to do this. And Absolutely. And you definitely get close to just kind of like, and that's know, human, man. That's, and, and, and again, that goes back to just understanding that it's, it's not forever, you know, it's not forever. And you know, uh, what would you rather do? Would you rather go on stage with regret and doubt or go on stage knowing that you did everything possible and prepared and you know, you, you did everything you can do to to bring the best package possible on stage i don't want any regrets i don't want any doubt so like i said i'll spend those five minutes and that's what i think about mainly it's like i couldn't i couldn't easily go right back to sleep and get rest you know or i can go do do this fasted cardio knock it out because i've done it before i know i know how to get through it it's not like i've never experienced it before um and I could always come back home, take a shower, and take a nap. <laughs> you know, so oh, there like, you go. But at least I got it done, and I'll yeah. feel better about my nap. I love that. I love that. Now, uh, kind of riding off that, what do you think are some habits that really hold people back from achieving their goals? It could be bodybuilding-related. It could be just life-related. Lack of commitment, man. Uh, I'm not saying everybody, but there's a, there are a lot of people that and it's funny, man, because I was actually um, a couple guys from the gym were supposed to do the same show that I'm doing, and lack of commitment. You know, one of them tapped out six weeks away, the other one tapped out four weeks away, and it's because they weren't as serious. You know, it, it, my my biggest thing is if I'm if I say I'm gonna do something, I'm gonna do it because at the end of the day, it's a reputation. And it goes back to that work ethic you have. You're about follow through. You're about, I'm doing this. You want to be known as that guy that does what he says. You know, the guy that actually, you know, walks 
what he talks. You don't want to be known as the talker. That guy, I'm not saying that there's not a lot of respect for that guy, but people overlook them a lot. Yeah, no one looks up to them. Of course not. Of course not. And it's not even excuses sometimes. It's it's the guy that says he's going to do something and, you know, three weeks later he's talking about something new. You know, that... Yeah, we've all met those guys. New idea every day. They think it's going to change the world. Hey, maybe it would, but they don't stick with it long enough to see the Exactly. There's no commitment. There's no follow-through, which if you ask any successful person in anything, (laughs) any industry, they have have follow-through. They have commitment. If they say they're going to do something, they're going to put everything in their power to make sure that it gets done. And if it doesn't get done, it wasn't a lack of trying. And that's why I love... The idea of don't compare yourself to anybody other than yourself because one, you don't know what's going through other people's heads. So for instance, someone else could be listening to this and listen to your story and be like, oh, for every success like him, there's a bunch of people failing. Well, you're hearing it right here. You don't know those people's story. Maybe the only reason they're failing is because they're not giving it their all. They're not committing. Why would you compare yourself to that? You know, you don't know anyone's story. Just because people aren't succeeding at it doesn't mean you can't. Well, we have to remember social media things they only show the positive which we're actually that's one of my we'll get we'll top this off yeah. later again that's kind of like my my hub yeah. of this whole yeah. project but you can keep going keep yeah going. it in you know they're not showing the raw truth they're not showing what they're really going through the, the funny thing is i actually kind of took a little for this prep i i actually pump the brakes on a lot of posting and i'm just i'm just focused on on making this happen and doing whatever I have to do uh, to be very successful, not only this show, but moving forward. There's a thing they call decision fatigue where it's like anything. It's like gas in a tank, right? You start off with the full tank in the beginning of the day, but if you're driving around all day, by the end, you're running on fumes. It's the same thing with decisions. The more decisions you force yourself to make, the more tired out you're going to be later on. So what's cool about what you're saying is, if you let yourself distracted by, oh, do I need to check my email? Do I need to check Instagram? Do I need to check Facebook? Oh, I got to update Facebook. Oh, what's he doing? What's they doing? That's all, These are all choices that are wearing you down. What's supposed to matter to you, which in your case is your goals, which is going for first place, training, working with your coach, getting your meals in, and that's perfect. Right and there. you hit it on the head, man. One thing that my coach taught me is, like, don't, like, there's going to be other competitors out there don't check them out don't do all that because what, what's going to happen is i'm you're gonna it's it's only human you're gonna compare yourself to them and you're gonna psych yourself out and the funny thing is you might be in better shape you might you might look better than the individual but because you're seeing them so often and and again they're showing the best them you know who knows what type of lighting that they're under who knows what type of photoshop they and again photoshop is 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 pretty big or or there's a lot of different things that people are doing to make their pictures look a lot better these days um so when you try to compare yourself to that you put yourself in a position where you might work on something that you don't need to work on so like you said it's you versus you you see yourself in the mirror you have a coach who guides you and can and can give you the raw truth of hey we need this is what we need to enhance. You know, this is what we're strong at. Obviously, we, we don't want to shy away from our strengths. But again, we do want to enhance our weaknesses. Um, I, yeah, that, that definitely plays a huge role in, in 
being, I would say, being successful, uh, it's def- especially in this sport. For sure, for sure. Now, is there anything in life that you find that other people might find uncomfortable to do that's easy for you to do? If so, what is it? <laughs> I would say in the beginning, uh, it was very uncomfortable for me. But the crazy thing about humans, <laughs> it's funny you say it like that, uh, is we adapt very quickly. Our bodies learn. Um, but initially it was it was it was cardio, it was stairs. Before I started, the most I ever did was ten minutes. You know, and now I'm up to an hour thirty uh, of stairs, which back when I was doing ten minutes, an hour thirty, I would think you would, people die after that. Yeah. But uh, like I said, uh, our bodies adapt, our bodies learn. I'm now at the point where I I'm at a high intensity for that hour thirty. You know, um, and I'm and I have no doubt that people look at me on the stairs or they they look at me afterwards and I'm my shorts, to, damn my shoes are freaking drenched. That it like, you know that that to them is difficult, but to me that's that's an everyday grind. Nice, nice. Um, what do you think allows you to thrive in the face of adversity? Is it that work ethic? Is it just the way you were raised? <sighs> I would say it's it's is it's experiences. You know, and and uh, driven by things that I didn't accomplish. And I guess you can say not necessarily regret, but seeing how I could have handled them differently and understanding that if I handle this situation that way, it's going to end the same way. And I'm going to have another thing that I'm regretful about. Um, So I would say that's that is how I look at adversity now. And also understanding that things are really not as bad as they seem they are. (laughs) They're really not sure. I totally agree with that. And that goes back to, to kind of top us off with that social media thing is we're always jealous about what other people d- are doing, but that's the highlight reel we're watching of other people's lives. And it's never as good as things seem. It's never as bad as things seem. You know, that's why I just focus on yourself, what you're doing. Who cares about what other people are doing? What's getting you towards your goals? Me worrying about how you're training isn't getting me towards my goals of how I want to train. Challenges you faced along the way. Um, have kind of shaped who you are just been big surprises that you've had to overcome during the the process of competing yeah um (laughs) funny that you say that man um actually during my first show first first and foremost my first show the prep itself was 26 weeks um which is three times well, I wouldn't say three times. I'm sorry, 26 weeks. It's like two, twice, yeah. twice the amount of time that a normal prep is. So that alone um, was a challenge in its own. Um, the diet changed 11, 10, 15 times. Um, and you can only imagine how my body responded and how I was. I've never experienced this, so the way I handled it. Um, definitely was very irritable during that time, but... Um, one of the, the challenges that I've, uh, I've, I've faced outside of it being 26 weeks, um, I actually was let go from my job at solar city, uh, actually four weeks before the show, um, got very, very stressed out. Cause as you know, competing is not inexpensive. <laughs> 
It's an yeah. expensive sport. Uh, food alone, uh, you know, I'm spending a hundred, hundred twenty-five dollars a week. Um, so that that the source of income definitely was a challenge. Um, that whole situation stressed me out a bit for a couple of days. Set my body back. If you know anything about you know cortisol stress levels, you retain water right away, and you could go from looking amazing and on point or on schedule to you know being behind in an instant just because you're stressed out so that was the first challenge losing my job uh <laughs> the second challenge is um leading up to my show the week of um me and my girlfriend you know we were going through some some difficult times um we actually you know our schedules were conflicting you know she was going to work she was going to school monday through friday she was gone all day and then when she did get home it was 10 p.m we lived together obviously um when she got home i was already tired and irritable and ready to go to bed you know so we didn't necessarily have the best interactions at all times especially because i was a little more irritable and moody uh, getting closer to the show but um leading up to the show uh the monday of peak week which is the week of um you know, I, I was coming home from training, um, actually went to Costco, bought some food. I had, you know, I had a plan of cooking the food and, you know, uh, being able to cook the food, have my last meal and go to sleep early to do fasted cardio. So I had I had a game plan in my head. But uh, when I got home, uh, you know, I opened the door, had the food in my hand and then I look uh, and I have uh, trash bags full of my clothes at what? the door. Yeah. Yeah. So. <laughs> so. um that luckily surprisingly i didn't i should have been extremely stressed out i should have that should have ruined everything <laughs> you know yeah, peak week one week out your stuff's in a bag but uh my mindset was so set on this show and, and not only just doing it but doing extremely well and i understood my coach educated me on cortisol and stress and what it could do to my body so I didn't allow it to upset me, which upset my girlfriend, clearly, uh, made her more upset. She actually kicked me out. <laughs> oh, shit. Uh, so I was couch surfing for the week of. Oh, um, man, that's a curveball and a half. Yeah, and my show was in San Diego. I live in, you know, I was living at Sherman Oaks at the time, which San Diego is a 80, 90-mile drive. Um, and on top of that, man... Um, of, of getting kicked out and couch surfing and that could have been a killer itself um the drive to san diego out of a funny thing that uh, out of all things the drive of san diego is what spiked my cortisol wow why what about the drive was worse than your clothes in a bag getting booted well i invited a friend to drive with me um didn't realize that that friend is a little negative uh -oh. so uh, i asked my friend you know out of respect you know not necessarily res i would say respect but if he could do me the favor of driving down there for me because it was the day before i was extremely tired i was extremely dehydrated and all i wanted to do was just just lay my head down and just either nap or just get through whatever i was going through because it's it's tough um Anyways, he, he was just 
constantly complaining about traffic and just it's just it's just a lot of negative energy that actually stressed me out and spiked my cortisol <laughs> not to mention it was labor day weekend so it was a three and a half hour drive down to san diego yeah. uh so when i got there um to the hotel my coach was there um he wanted to see what i looked like took my shirt off for him and he looked and he was like what the f- what happened like what the f um he's like dude you're re- i was retaining water around my stomach which <laughs> stress is getting you it, it, it really did and the funny like i said man i got i lost my job <laughs> my girlfriend kicked me out and the thing that set me off was the drive to freaking san diego That's crazy. but uh long story short man he made me do an hour of cardio the night before the show this is less than 24 hours yes after 26 weeks you're talking about 9 30 p.m oh he had God. me doing an hour of of stairs to to dry out and get rid of the whatever water was that was probably the only time that i really like considered quitting <laughs> i was on there and uh, like imagine having no water i was i barely drank any water for that day and you literally i did not start sweating until 35 minutes in like yeah. that's how dr- that's how much water i did not have in my body so i was like just trying to get that last bit out that was around my stomach um he also made me do another uh, 45 minutes at 5 a.m. the day of the show. So I did an hour of 45 minutes within 24 hours of the show to get rid of whatever waters. Luckily, I got, I mean, it dried out and I was able to look the way I was supposed to look. Um, but that was, that was hard. <laughs> that was oh, extremely hard, man. That's, that's a lot to go through when you're in a normal state, let alone starved, deflated, like ready to oh, get the, 80, the show on the road. 80% of competitors would have backed out. And I'm not going to lie. Like, I, I, I was on the stairs and I was like, F this. Like, yeah. am I allowed to cuss? Yeah, it's fine. I was like, fuck this, dude. Like, I, I, fuck, I, I was fucking pissed at my coach. I was mad. I'm sure. The last thing anyone wants to do when they're supposed to just relax and get ready for the show is hour and a half of cardio the night before yeah but uh, you know once i got into about 35 40 minutes uh, i realized like fuck like i've come way too fucking far and i was motivated like i got re-motivated but you know obviously i got off the stairs and you know um, i actually got dropped off to the to the la fitness in san diego and uh, when i got picked up i was like taking a nap on the curb (laughs) and It was, it, that was an experience, man. And it, again, it was one of those that make you stronger. Um, definitely know that if I could go through that, I could go through anything. So now when I wake up at 6 a.m., fasted cardio, the reason, another main reason why I don't skip it is because I never want to ever have to do that again. That's one of the benefits <laughs> of going through the going through all the crap storm is once you've had it that bad everything else is not even a challenge exactly exactly what's your biggest goal aside from winning this upcoming competition that you have not yet achieved so what's what's the ultimate dream for you just in life Mm. oh i mean this is going to sound very cliche but um 
I'm 29 years old. So number one, getting myself in a financial situation and, and not just any like financial situation. Cause I can easily find a 40 hour, 50 hour paying hour, a 40 hour, 50 hour uh, a week job where it pays very well and I could live a really good life, but it won't allow me time wise to do the things that make me happy. So ultimately finding uh, something that financially allows me uh, not only to make enough money to where I'm more than comfortable and I could establish a family, you know, do the things that grownups are supposed to do, like buy a house, do investments, buy assets, things of that nature. But it also allows me to pursue my goal or dream or if I'm already in that, it allows me to continue that. Uh, so I, I would say that that is that is a, a goal, a dream. Um and I, I feel like I'm I'm on the right right track, definitely. Okay, and that actually brought up another good question I want to ask you, which is um, bodybuilding in general. It's a very expensive sport. One thing that people who aren't familiar with it is, it's one of the sport. It's probably one of the few, if not the only sport, where you can go pro and you still need a full time job because you're not getting paid enough. You know, you become a hockey player, football, tennis, soccer. You're getting paid a nice salary Absolutely. to play pro once you're at the pro level. So many. I mean. A ton of bodybuilders have their pro card. They're not, you know, they're still working their nine to five jobs. They're still hustling because it's not, you know, an easy thing. So financially, how how could you describe how this process has been? Because there's, you know, your food, the time in the gym, the coaching, the posing, supplements, tanning. It's a lot of sacrifices financially. Uh, definitely, definitely not going to shy away from that, that, that. That has been a challenge, not only for me, but for, you know, my girlfriend as well. Um, but again, it just, it all goes back to understanding that things are going to get better. You know, this, it's a means to an end. Um, one thing that I've noticed a lot of pros don't do is they don't market themselves very well. Um, you know, and a lot of people, a lot of bodybuilders have that old school mentality where they go in a cave and yeah, that's okay uh, to do. When you're an amateur, <laughs> you know, when you're trying to get there. But once you become a pro, you, your approach has to change a bit. Your work ethic doesn't change, but your approach and, and the, the way that you interact with people and the way that you build relationships have to change. And they, they say your network is your net worth. So it's, it's one of those things where I'm going to utilize that when I do. With that, how do you know? So let's say you're putting a lot of money into anything. It doesn't even have to be bodybuilding. How, how do you decide when that moment is where it's, I'm now putting a lot of money into something that isn't going to work out versus this is worth the sacrifice and time and money that I'm putting into and I just got to stay true and trust that this goal is going to work out. Do you have any light to shine on that? It's hard because I know you're at the cusp in your career you, of... You don't. Yeah. You don't, man. It, it just really comes down to... Is it your? Is it really your passion? Is it really something you want to do? Um, me personally, I, I I refuse to settle. I've I've settled already. I've experienced how it feels to settle, and it's not worth it to me. Uh, I rather scrape dimes and nickels to buy some tilapia and, or a freaking uh, whey isolate or whatever I need to buy for me achieving my goal. 
you know, because at the end of the day, it's not wasted. It's wasted if you allow it to be wasted. Um, just staying focused, understanding that you have a small window uh, of time for sure. You know, I'm 29. You know, I, I'm, I would be naive to think that I have 20, 30 years in the sport. No. Realistically, I have maybe 10, 15 years. Um, if I was 20, then, yeah, I'll have 20 <laughs> years for sure. But um, and you and maximizing that time that I have, you know, 29 years old. If I allow that to affect me and I take six months off, I'm 30, you know, and now that time is now less. And I'm probably going to start taking steps backwards than forward. So just understanding it's an investment, you know, it's not necessarily a sacrifice. It's definitely when it comes to that, it's an investment for sure, for sure. All right. Final question. This is what I like to kind of close the segment off with. There's what I believe that mind action gap. It's I have the idea of this is what I want to achieve versus here's me actually doing it. What's one piece of advice you can give to someone that's stuck in, oh, I want to do this. I want to do this and actually doing it. A lot of people are all talk, no action. What's the one advice? Commit. You have to commit, man. You know, it... The funny thing, like I said, and I'll go back when I, f- when I first started with my coach, he told me to find a show and a date. And it didn't register at first, but it makes sense now because once you put a date on it, there's a timeline. So once we said September 3rd is going to be my first show, from there we find out how many weeks we have away from it and what we need to do in between that time. But if you're just saying, I'm going to do a show, I'm going to do a show, and you never put a date on it, or, and it could be anything, You'll there's no commitment. It's funny you say that. Um, back in like 2008, 2009, I decided to compete in my own bodybuilding shows, and that's how it happened. Now, up to that point, I'm embarrassed to even say this, but it's like I never committed to anything for an extended period of time before that. Like I was, I played trumpet one year in, in middle school, then switched to sax, then switched to drums. I was, if you ask my parents and my brother, I always hopped from thing to thing to thing. I never stuck with anything to actually see any long-term results. But then somehow I got into working out long enough where um, when I was in college, I heard there was a group of guys, some of them who were my Mm -hmm. friends, that said, I got, you know, I just caught wind that they were going to do a show. And I, this was before bodybuilding became as popular as it was now. It was just starting to pick up its momentum. So secretly in my head, I was like, you know what? I'm just going to bulk when they're bulking in the off season. And then, you know, if I'm around the same size, maybe I'll try dieting. So I set that goal of like, I'm just going to bulk for this next six months. I'm bulking. And then once I saw that I was as during that process, I started talking to them more, grabbing little tips, watching them pose and whatever. And then they kind of caught wind that I was kind of joining them on this adventure. And I asked them when the show was, and it was like a May show. And once that was set, I had said in my mind where it's like, well, I did the six months of bulking at this point. It doesn't even matter how good or not um, I do because I'm going to commit. Like I'm going to put 100% into that May show. So I set the date just like you said. And it's funny you bring that up now because I don't want to say I'm lazier now, but like I don't have any intentions of doing a show anytime soon. But like even times where I'm like, man, I should just I'd like to lean out a little bit. I should diet for the next month. All of a sudden I'm finding it's hard for me. And I'm like, what the hell? In college, it was so easy, and that's when you have so many more temptations, partying, drinking, eating all the food you want. Absolutely. How come now I'm struggling? And it's you enlightened to me, enlightened it to me now that it's because I, I don't have a set goal of 
by this date you want to look like this i just keep, keep kind of throwing it out there oh i should do this a little bit and i'm not putting enough commitment absolutely and and you find out a lot about yourself during the process you find out what type of person you are just digging deep and understanding like who you are as a person oh for sure i was able to push myself to limits i didn't think um i was capable of at that time because again i'd never committed to anything to see myself actually follow through with something and stick with it i i felt like a new person completely absolutely so yeah in in like for me i i put my body and my mind through some things that made me stronger and i would have never known how strong i was unless i put myself through it all right so it's 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 gratifying at the end of the day i enjoy it because every show is different my body responds differently and then obviously the way your body responds is the way your mind's going to respond um so i mean that that is one of the things that i love about the sport all right well that's it for today juan thank you again oh, thank you man. Appreciate it, man. I hope you guys learned a couple good lessons there. Um, Good luck, May 27th. It's coming up. He's got a show May 27th and July. Uh, The USA's. So, May 27th is the California State Championships. Okay. Um, Keep that on on the low because I'm I'm, I'm looking to surprise some people. I haven't been really posting that I'm going to be doing the show, I'm I'm just doing it. and then from there, I want to roll into the USA's, which is a national qualifier. And God willing, if I win my class, there is the pro card. Okay. Well, good luck. We'll be rooting for you. Thank you. Thank you so much. Thank you so much, guys, for listening. Be sure to rate and review us on iTunes and Stitcher and help our community grow. And if you haven't already, check out our YouTube channel and subscribe and see the day in the life of how these people put what they are talking about here into action.